What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today with me, I have guest Antonio Garcia, who is a visual artist and a poet. And honestly, I bought a piece of yours, my man. What's up? Welcome to the show. <laughs> nice to uh, thank you for bringing me to your show, letting me experience what it is that you guys got going on. And uh, it's really nice to get, meet you, John, as well. Yeah, dude. So I want, I, I met you in New York. I was sold. I loved your art. I love what really what got me was a bit of the poetry and the, and, and how you, you write a little inspiration, inspirational quotes on the back of your art. And I really, really enjoyed that. And, you know, we, we talked for shit, probably 45 minutes and you're a very <laughs> deep person. And that's, I feel like that's hard to find. So I wanted, I wanted to, to kind of get you on the show to kind of figure out what your story is. And I, I kind of, I think the best way to start is in the beginning. So if you could let the listeners know kind of who you are, where you're from and how you got into art, my man, I would love that. Yeah. Um, so as I told you, I, I'm originally from Mexico. I was born in Mexico. I was, I was there for like four years. I was born in a spot called Tuxa Gutierrez Chapas. Uh, so Tuxa Gutierrez Chapas is like a spot where the Mayan and Aztec Empire used to be. So by the south of Mexico, it's relatively closer to, uh, I believe, uh, El Salvador or Ecuador. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's it's really, it's a really beautiful spot. Um, my mom, actually, she left Mexico when I was like four, came to America um, through Coyote, you know, across the border. Oh, wow. Um, and when she came to America, she came to Texas and I, you know, I'll have like little slight dreams of the fact that we took a Greyhound bus from Texas all the way to New York. Um, and then from New York, we stayed all over New York, like, you know, Bronx, uh, Queens, Harlem. Now staying in in Brooklyn now for for close to eight years, ten years, um, and I moved a lot uh, basically because of the fact that needed place to stay. I was a really really bad kid growing up, so I got really? kicked out from a lot of different spots, uh, different schools. Um, so I got kicked out a lot of, from a lot of places. So that forced my mom to also move, uh, and then eventually just settling down in Brooklyn. Uh, stayed there by Borough Park. It's a very, uh, very Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it was, you know, it was, a, it was, it was interesting growing up around that neighborhood. Um, graduating from high school, a spot called Brooklyn High School of the Arts. Um, and after that, just not really knowing what to do with my life. I, Went into business. I literally created a business staffing waiters and bartenders. Uh, did that for about three years. And around that time, I also went to college for business administration. Uh, did that alongside my business. <sighs> Got very overwhelmed to the point where I fell into deep depression. I was very, very depressed. Um, ended up just quitting my business. Um, and dropping out of college after, you know, attempted suicide. Um, 
that's when I literally just stayed home making art for about two weeks, a week and a half, making art almost every day. Uh, and even before that, I was also making art in school. Um, and then, yeah, I just fell in love with the idea of art. Um, after that, I, you know, I came across Washington Square Park. Um, it seemed like a fucking safe haven for artists because I saw so many artists just selling their art, their clothes, uh, their merchandise that they would make. Uh, saw that spot, and then I saw Union of uh, uh, what's that other spot, Union Square, in yeah. Manhattan. I saw that as well, and just got, fell in love with that. So I went home and told my girlfriend at the, that that I wanted to do it. Like I was like, yo, you know what? I want to I want to go in and try and see what it what it would be like, and you know, did it, bro, did it. Um, and after that, I just started doing it every day, um, making art every day or almost every day, selling art on the streets, connecting with people. And, you know, I, after two years of doing that, now it's just two years that I've been making art and, and sharing it to the world. Um, I've realized that, you know, I that at first I was making art that I wanted to make, like a whole bunch of art that had to develop me. Um, making art about artists that I liked. Uh, after that, like maybe six months, four months, five months of that, I uh, I started thinking about what I needed to make, the art that I needed to make that was mm. impactful. So I, I was making art about, there's this piece that I make and um, I don't, I, I sold it, but, um, but it said, it was also a poem and said, I used to want to kill myself, but now I want to live forever. And after making that piece, I, I realized that a lot of people gravitated to just the vulnerability of that piece. Mm -hmm. um, and so now I'm just making art that I feel like is connected with people that I meet. Um, so, yeah, like that's kind of the backstory of who I am, why I make mm -hmm. art now. Because I feel I, like I connect with ahead. people through art. Sorry. Yeah, no, you definitely do. I want to kind of go back to, to two spots, right? You said that you were a bad kid and and got kicked out of a lot of schools. I'm kind of wondering, like, what did you get kicked out for? Like, what what was going on? And you know, yeah. you know, very curious so, about this. So, growing up, I used to get into a lot of fights. Uh, I would get into a lot of like physical fights, arguments with teachers. Uh, I didn't listen. Um, even in you know in in Mexico, my mama used to tell me that I. <laughs> she would have to come pick me up from school because I would literally leave the classroom and go into uh, the backyard, like, you know, the, the playground and just play all day and not listen to the teachers and run away. And that just was the way I was growing up. I was just very unattentive, always curious about playing, uh, doing things that involved not really sitting down um, and listening. Uh, and then I got, as I got older, I, I, I started getting more physical with people fighting, getting arguments into arguments with teachers, not really listening. Um, and then I, the last time I remember that I got, uh, uh, kicked out from school was cause they caught me watching porn in school. 
Oh, yeah yeah and i was like i think i was like i think i was like 10 oh fuck. yeah so i was young um another thing about me is that I, I i lost my virginity when i was like nine you know i i was i went through like a sexual experience with a girl that was like 10 when i was like nine yeah so it's like it, it, a lot of things happened to me um that some people could say uh made me a bad kid yeah um so yeah that's why i had to move from a lot of schools and kind of uh move a lot going yeah. up yeah well i mean that's it's a little too young you know and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little bit too young yeah um, it was uh it was crazy it's crazy it's an intense experience you're you know but i feel like certain things like that you don't get in my opinion i don't think you get good art if you haven't mm. been through shit i think that art you know any type of really good art is is you know unfortunately forged through pain and suffering and, and understanding and figuring out a way to express yourself and 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 it's it's a testament that you were able to come out on the other side right and that maybe you've learned or maybe you're still dealing with those with that trauma and this is how you know this is your outlet and and so mm -hmm. i think you know that every there's a reason that all these things happen to you right in, in my opinion right <clears throat> Sometimes it's just happenstance, but I think that there truly is a reason we're all on on some sort of journey and and life is just a series of lessons that you either learn from and get better from or or they destroy you. Um right. one of the yeah, and and another thing I wanted to kind of get back on back to is, you know, that lowest point. When you tried to take your life, I wanted to kind of figure out wh why why you would do something like that. Like where where were you? And you, if you don't want to go there, no pressure to, but it's something I'm kind of curious. The, part of the reason is I'm a man that is intrigued by ex the extremes of, of the human existence. I'm, I, I that's why I love, I devour history and study history and war and all these things. So I've never been in that state of mind to where I'm like, I want to fucking end it all. So I wonder right. how one gets there and how you were able to get past that and survive. Right. Um, so today I had a conversation with my, uh, so I took a, a lift from my house to my brother's house. Um, Cause it's fucking brick as fuck outside. And mm -hmm. um, not only that, it's, it's a pretty far ride. So I took a lift to my brother's house and I talked to this guy in the, in the car and I asked him, well, what were the reasons why you last cried? And he told me, well, a man usually cries uh, for three things. He said, either someone that died that you loved, uh, someone that you loved died, um, <laughs> bankruptcy, and uh, not being loved. Mm. And I kind of, kind of agree with him, but it's it's just interesting how. You know, everybody's perspective of sadness is so different, right? So my perspective of sadness was um, not feeling good enough. I felt like I was in perfect. 
um, there's a, t- a question I ask people all the time too is um, what's something that you should forgive yourself for? And if you were to ask me that, I would have to forgive myself for um, trying to be too perfect. You know, I don't think that there's such such a thing as perfection. If anything, um, perfection is like almost uh, corrupt. You know, that that idea of perfection is like so corrupt. So, um, yeah, I think that that's what made me and drove me to that state of mind where I was like, you know what? I'm not perfect. Why am I even alive? Um, yeah, that's kind of the reason why I, I was driven to it because I wanted to be better than I was already. And I felt like I couldn't get there. So, boom. So you just felt hopeless. and Exactly. And the solution to that feeling that you wanted to get rid of was to leave. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like wow. an escape button in a game or the button, you know, the home button on a, on a video game. So it's like, you just call it quits. And I, that's what I kind of wanted to do. But, um, I'm so thankful that I didn't, you know, um, one of the people that I have to thank the most for is honestly my my girl. Yo, I speak to my girl all the time, and I come across things that I haven't, I didn't even know about myself that she just shows me about myself, and it's so beautiful. Um, so like I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm still here, my girlfriend, but also just the will to be better. So there's this quote that I always tell people, and I always tell my girl the same thing because I feel like we always make mistakes. And um, I say, we can never be perfect, but we can always be better. And if you live your life that way, you'll understand that you can, you can never, ever just reach happiness because it's always more, always more, you know? So that's why I say that. There, there, are always, there, there definitely is always more, but that, that and I, I'll, I'll caution you because there's a warning because sometimes, you know, I find that. Sometimes if, if you get in that mindset, you're too ri- if you're too rigid, my problem is being too rigid in certain mm. disciplines, right? And I find mm. myself, if I'm always seeking more, sometimes I don't stop and appreciate what I have and what's in my life. Yeah, that's a great reminder. It is because, you know, I, I will get in these exercise grooves where, and you know, business grooves and life, even the podcast, like, you know, we're crushing. John and I are fucking crushing. I'm, I'm, my diet is perfect. Everything is perfect. And then I'll go on a trip or something or, and then it's all derailed and I, I'm just a disaster. And then the, mm. you know, all of a sudden John and I are scraping by on, you know, lining up guests and we're, we're, we're not behind, but we're, we're just treading water and we both hate that feeling, but we never appreciated what, and we didn't really document what we were doing right when it was, when we were on. And, um, so that's my warning, right? Just all, you always got to stop. And, and, and one of the things that I found is I write that when things are going really, really well for me, I like to document that and say, mm. Hey, the, what am I doing right now? I'm cruising. I, I feel great. What am I eating? How, I'm, what time am I going to bed? You know, what, what's, what's my mind? What books am I reading? What am I paying attention to? What am I not paying attention to? Just so I can figure out a way to get back to that flow state of life. Uh, and I, I would recommend you do that as well. I mean, um, it's, uh, 
and that, that's life is is funny because you you definitely have these these it, it, there's always an ebb and a flow i uh i find that you know the, if i'm really especially cruising on the fitness front i'm talking to my buddy andrew every day and we're just talking about how we're getting after it and, I, and then I'm, I'm talking about my damn writing every day in this little form we have that's been going on for years and if i'm not writing i'm fucking up something's not good I'm out of whack. I'm out of sync. But um, <clears throat> where, another place I want to go is your your art, right? Like, how? Yeah. What is your creative process like? To be honest, um, the reason why I ask people so many questions now um, is because I feel like I never want to lack inspiration. Uh, so I feel like the source of all inspiration is people. Um, maybe not all inspiration, but most most art or just forms of art are people. So if I just tap into that source, I'll always be inspired. Um, I last had a conversation um, for like 45, like almost like, you know, the conversation that we had. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, I just, but I love these things because it just teaches me so much about what it means to be human. Um, and how it it almost feels the same, but it's just different uh, for everyone. Um, and yeah, like I think that my my inspiration is always people, and that's how I get to get into like you know the the process of 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 art. Um, I just think about the things that I talked about throughout the day, um, and as I'm drawing. I come up with these phrases, these words, um, these shapes, these people. Um, I choose the colors uh, based on how I feel uh, or if I feel the people were feeling while they were expressing what they're saying. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like, <laughs> I, I even get inspired by things that I watch, like the con the, the, the genius uh, documentary, like his mother, his mother said something that just changed, like opened up my whole entire mind. And I realized that kind of like, kind of shared that same sentiment. Um, and she told, you know, yay. He's like, the monster looks in the mirror and sees nothing. And I feel like we're all monsters. You're a monster, John. You're a monster, Vic. But sometimes we look at ourselves and we're like, I'm nothing. And why is that? You know, sometimes it's a fear of, uh, of our own passion. Sometimes it's a fear of what we are capable of doing. Um, so, yeah, like I, I get inspired by everything. Mostly like just things that I talk about with people. It's not like a flower or like the sun or like the way somebody's walking up the street. Like it's, it's usually what people say, the moments, you know, the moments. Like what you said, like you, you capture the moments of things that make you happy or the, the things that remind you of what you have. Like that's, that's what I do. I think that's, that's powerful. I really, really like that quote. The monster looks in the mirror and sees nothing. Man, man, I really, really like that. <laughs> Yeah, bro. And then, <laughs> I, you I know, gotta watch that documentary. Yeah, you have to. It's 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 not just like it's not just about like Kanye, but it's just like 
this is a person like any other person that had an idea and then put effort into it and made it into fruition mm-hmm. with the support of you know his mother and others like it's it it gives me so much inspiration and lets me know that I can do it too I think that you know a fisherman always keeps another fisherman <laughs> a fisherman always sees another fisherman from afar and that's and I and I felt uh when I when I met you I felt that same connection that same I agree with everything you're saying I think that that's that's why the fuck not us mm-hmm. why not us why not why not any of us I feel like most people aren't able to ever reach their dreams because they don't try or they, mm. they, they, they never take the first step on that thousand mile journey. You know, they never try, mm-hmm. they try and eat the whole elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a fucking time. Right. And that's what you're doing. And with this show, right. You know, we're growing, but I don't have millions of people aren't listening to me, but I don't really give right. a fuck. And they, right. they might never, but this show makes doing this makes me so happy. And the, the ability to widen my network, my social circle, and to learn and to have these conversations with unique and interesting individuals, that's why I do it. I don't do it for any other reason other right. than it's a dream of mine. Maybe a pipe dream, but it's something that I think I'm fucking good at, and I think I can only get better. And right. yeah, yeah I, love I was t- right there. I would dab you up. I would dab you up, man. <laughs> yeah. Like for real. Like I feel the same way. Like you're, you shouldn't do something because of what it could give you in the future. You should do something because of what it gives you in the present. Everything yeah. has to do with what's right now. Yes. That's why I see my brother every so once in a while because, you know, he has a daughter that, you know, that he just had. Um, and I see her and I see my brother and we talk like everything comes together one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy the moments. Because that's it's all we have. The, the yeah. present moment right now between you and me, this is all there is. Mm-hmm. The, the past, it's already happened. The future has yet to to be. So right. we have to really be in this 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 moment and fully be here. And there's something to that. Uh it, it's it's such a simple concept yet so incredibly different. And one of the craziest things I read in a book, uh, I think it's called Eagle Eagle Against the Sun, and it's about World War II American troops and fighting in the South Pacific. And oh. one of the the lines that the author says is, "A lot of these people come back and they're dead. They're dead men walking." And I'm going to butcher this, but it was something along the lines of, "When you're when when all you have is today, because all your buddies are dying left and right, you find that food tastes a little bit better." that you laugh a little bit harder and you find yourself mm-hmm. looking at the sunrises and the sunsets and truly appreciating them because this is all you have. And right. certain there's a certain certain types of humans really appreciate that. And when they come home, 
they begin to miss combat. They begin to miss the chaos because they were truly living in those moments. And mm-hmm. you find that even now. The shit, there was a movie about it. What is it? Uh, the Hurt Locker was all about that. Like The dude didn't ever feel alive until he was defusing bombs in Iraq. That's why it's such a profound movie to me. It's uh, mm. So, yeah, man, I, uh, I definitely dig what you're saying. Um, mm. What kind of, like, you said that you, you paint colors based off of how you feel. What, do you, what kind of colors do you use do, when Yo. you're feeling happy, sad? Is it, are there certain colors or is that? So I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, yellow and um, red mm-hmm. uh, as well as green because I feel like those are just such uh, it's just like lively colors like yellow um, yellow in certain countries means good luck um, in certain countries it means cowardice um, and then red means passion to me it means passion complete passion because mm-hmm. I feel like that's like I don't know that's like our blood like passion should be in our blood so that's how I picture passion then we have green which means wealth not mm-hmm. money but like riches you know like actual wealth um and then like I feel like whenever I'm making something that's like with black mm-hmm. on it I'm always feeling I always feel certain oh I feel really like, yeah like I know what I want to make with this because it's just it's powerful I know that it's going to be done well. Like whenever I like I, I made this piece that says, um, uh, I wish I had the pieces on me, but, um, but it says, uh, fuck finding yourself. Everything you need is already inside you. So start creating yourself. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, that. you know, these, these pieces I make, them literally with black ink because I feel like that's just it just shows how serious I am about what I'm saying with the mm-hmm. art um, and then it ranges when I'm feeling like so I I, I, I suffer from like depression obviously and um, and and I overthink a lot so whenever I'm overthinking in my mind it's just everywhere at once mm-hmm. uh, I tend to use uh, an explosion of colors. So there's, I guess, yeah, I, I always allow my, my emotions and my feelings of the way I I've navigated through the day kind of translate through my art. Why is it? I, cause I, I'm very much the same way. I think that I'm mainly, I would say about 85% of the time, super positive, ready to go. But then sometimes it, and it, it, it's, it's something very, very simple generally like that will throw me off my routine of badassery and kind of make me a, a couch potato and I'll maybe watch a little bit too much TV and then I'll start feeling down. I, and the, my problem is sometimes I used to, I've changed this quite a bit, but sometimes I would tend to stay down a little too long. Like sometimes it'd be mm. like weeks where I'm just eating garbage and watching tv and just like and i've always wondered like do you have that those same like problems where you 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 kind of get into a slump or you're you're down and you know 
generally the steps to take to get yourself out of the slump, but sometimes you just delay in picking yourself up. Like, does that, is that something that happens to you? Yeah, man. Um, a lot more often than I like to kind of, um, admit, but I've come to realize that, I don't know, I, I have to allow myself to go through, through those motions of mm. going down, um, because that way I know how it feels and I don't want to be there next time, you know, um. And I, I think the biggest reasons why we kind of tend to go into it, though, is because you're addicted to the feeling of being at a standstill. You know, that, 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 that standstill makes you feel good in the moment because um, you don't feel like you're doing like you don't have to do anything. Like There's no Fuck. responsibilities in the moment. Um, so where I'm, I, I feel like I get addicted to that. Um, but then I feel that's why. I'm so thankful for my dog too, because she's always like bringing me back, bringing me back. Like I gotta walk my dog, I gotta gotta take my dog out, mm-hmm. and yeah, these are like I don't know what I would do without my 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 the the I guess the the things and the people I have in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I do go into those moments, but then I I remind myself to create small goals. Mm. So even if you're going through those moments of stillness, you can also allow yourself to do something around it that makes you feel good. Like those little rewards, those little like accomplishments make you feel so good. The other day I literally cleared out my whole closet and reorganized it just because I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And it made me feel good after that. Sorry. Yes. No, no, no. That's I I agree that the the first thing I do when I and I feel you know what I love this because this is now turned into a therapy session, which is nice. (laughs) 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 Um uh yeah, I didn't think we'd go here, but this is good. Um I because I just got out of a little slump. Went to New York, then I went to Arizona, a lot of partying, a lot of a great time. But it threw me out of my routine. Prior to that, mm. I was up at 5.30 every day, getting after it, going to jujitsu, smashing weights, diet was perfect. I was cruising. I got out of that, you know. Mm. And then pretty soon, you know, I'm shutting my alarm off, sleeping in, waking up, you know, 10 minutes before I have to go to work, walking in, logging on. That's not a way to live life. That's just existing. Right. I'm not having a lot of time for myself. And I, I, when I realized that I was in a bad place, it was when I, it was a nice day. And I was like, I should go on a walk because that would make me feel better. Just, just walk around. And then from there, I could probably maybe talk myself into going to the gym. And I didn't. I fucking said, fuck that, turned on the television and chilled. And that's when I was like, okay, you're in the sunken place right now. You're not in a good spot. You have to start over. You know, I almost didn't make it to jujitsu. I I, I somehow willed my way into going two days a week. But after that, and I realized I hadn't been writing either. But it was like, I think that there's like key moments for me. There's key indicators. Like the house was dirty. 
And so mm. the first step the next day was to clean the house. And then I felt better. And then you get a little bit of momentum going, kind of like what you were saying. And when you start taking care of your environment, and then then you can start taking care of yourself. And, right. and um, but it's, those are, like, I'm obsessed with, like, I could talk about this all day because I just think it, I think that I'm a pretty smart person and still, and I've gotten way, way, I've grown so much. Like I used to spend weeks, sometimes months in, in a place of stillness. Now I've got it down to like four or five days max. And it used to happen multiple times within a year. Now it happens a couple of times, right? And it, I'm not mm. down for very long. So I've, and I've tracked this through the, the, the form, the journaling that I do with my buddies, like this accountability journal, basically. I've tracked oh, it. And we've, yeah, dude, this has been going on for probably like seven years now. That's it's a over. great deal. That's such a, like a, a friend, like friendship bonding type of thing, you know? Oh yeah. There's, there's three of us. So it started, um, yeah, it's like seven years ago, my buddy moved, He's moving to Denver. I, I played college football with him. He's been on the podcast before. And he's like, hey, I want to start like a forum. And I was like, there's another buddy of mine named Scott. I was like, uh, he has to like I I he has to be involved in this. And Andrew's like, Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll have three. And if you're listening and you want to do this, don't you can't do it with two people. You have to have three. And the reason I say that is someone generally you'll all kind of sync up and you'll all be either doing super, super well for months and then you'll do bad. The one rule of the form was you have to write. Even if it's just a sentence like, I fucking hate today, and you're done. But generally, there's always going to be the one person, if you have three, one will always scribe the form. And and it could, the two could be uh, doing you know different things or whatever, but someone generally is always going to write. And if you're really close you can text your buddies or call them and be like, Hey man, you haven't been on the fucking form lately. Like what's mm. going on? I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know that you're not writing. So you're ashamed of whatever it is you're doing. You're ashamed. You're fucking up and you not writing lets me know that. So you can really keep <sighs> each other accountable. And that's how it's been able to go on. I mean, we have over a thousand pages easily on this, probably more than that now. I haven't, I haven't, because we, we, we wrote so much, we, the, the Google document wouldn't let us continue writing. And then we had to start another one. <laughs> and that one's on like, and that one's on like 400 pages at the moment, maybe five. Oh, so it's just, and we date everything. And so the awesome, plan, man. yeah. So the plan that's is like great. at some point, you know, when the pod takes off and my, my homies do whatever they do, whenever they reach a, a maximum level of success, we'll publish it as a book and you can read how we got to where we, to where we are, but it's a, it's a continuous journey. A little like autobiography. Pretty much. Yeah, Cause I think awesome. it's important to document those moments. I mean, we've, I've documented, you know, relationships, friends getting married, you know, you know, you know, you know what everyone's going, it's, it's a really good thing. I think writing is, right. writing's incredibly important. And, um, but yes, like it's just, it takes, I, I am fascinated because I think it's something that we all feel down there. There are definitely outliers, you know, like David Goggins and Jocko, but they didn't start out that way. They didn't start out that way. Yeah. But I, we know also they were just a caterpillar at that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Anyone you look up to, um, they weren't always that person. You know, mm-hmm. they either created that person through a lot of time, sacrifice, and discipline. But you know, one of the the common factors of anyone that's successful is is never giving up mm-hmm. and, and staying on the path. One question I wanted to ask you is, 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 do you have a muse? And the reason I ask that is um, there's a book by Stephen Pressfield called The War of Art. And if you haven't read it, I, 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 I hope that you do. He's the, I think he wrote uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance. And his story is very interesting because he was just kind of a no one for years. He was like mm. living in halfway houses and stuff. And he believes in this muse. He believes it's almost like a spiritual aspect of, you know, his existence. And he's like, you have to get in touch with your muse. And I was wondering, you know, do you have a muse? Maybe it's your girl. Maybe it's something, maybe you're tapping into a different frequency. But I was wondering, like, you know, you said your major inspiration is is people. But is there another inspiration? And maybe, you know, maybe that's your muse. Uh, to be honest, man, uh, tell you the truth, I think my muse has to be two things. It, it does have to be people, my girlfriend involved in that as well. Um, for myself, like, I feel like I'm, I'm always inspiring myself. I'm always pushing myself to just be better than I was yesterday. Even if I do fall and I do become like lazy, accountability was so beautiful that you said that because accountability comes a long way. Being accountable of yourself and realizing like, oh shit, you are being a dirtbag. Get up. So like mm-hmm. my muse has to be me because I'm always, I'm always pushing to be forward, like go forward. Um, even if in the eyes of others, it doesn't seem like you are moving, you know yourself. And you know that you are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, myself, I have to say, is one of my biggest views. It sounds fucking cocky. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. This is, this is the Rick's Mind podcast, not the Rick Judge podcast. Okay, so you're not right. being judged. <laughs> not at all. Yo, not thank at you all. for that. <laughs> Yo, actually, that's, a, that's a, a question I wanted to ask you, man. And uh, How much is too much confidence? I don't, you know, I think... It's a really good question. I think there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, and people get those two mixed up. If you are really confident and you're able to to actually deliver, people might fucking hate you because you're everything that they're not and that they wish that they could be. So I think if you're arrogant, that's a, a, a completely different matter. But I don't think that there's such thing as too much confidence. It's all about, you know, how you, and, and some people, I'm trying to think of someone that comes to mind that is super confident. This, this should be a lot easier than it is, but I can't think of any examples right now, but I guess I'll just say like uh, Tyson Fury or a Conor McGregor, mm. maybe like a young Mike Tyson, right? They were supremely confident and they were able to deliver. And a lot of people mm. 
hated them. Let's especially in Connor, early Connor, right? He was so supremely. They called him Mystic Mac. You know, he predicted knocking yeah. out Jose Aldo in the third round. He's the only person that has ever, you know, talked me into believing that he could beat Khabib. For, if you would ask me two months before the right. fight, I would have told you you're fucking great. But the, towards the end, I was like, he's gonna win. You know, I still didn't <laughs> bet. I still didn't bet that. But like that is a level of confidence that mm-hmm. is. I mean, it, it made him a superstar. You know, he fought mm. Floyd Mayweather, right? And it was competitive mm. for a little bit. Like, yeah. get out of here. He took the world by storm. Muhammad mm. Ali took the world, but he just believed in himself. He was bigger than boxing. People hated him. They they tuned in to watch him lose. Same thing with Floyd Mayweather, you know. But they delivered the especially Ali in an early Tyson, they were the the pinnacle of athletic prowess. Mm-hmm. And they were able to back it up and they were able to perform at a level that we haven't seen, you know, or that some, some certain people hadn't seen. So, yeah, I, I don't think you could ever, you couldn't be too confident for me. You know, I might be envious mm-hmm. of you, but I would know that that's my ego talking. There you go. So one I, thing, I I, same way. go ahead. Yeah. One thing Sorry, I wanted no, to I, ask I, you. I think. Oh, a little lag. One thing go you were going to ask me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, who or what scares you at the moment? Uh, I try to I try to allow everything to scare me. Like everything that scares me, I I, I like to allow it to scare me, um, just so I can like kind of like push myself towards it. You know, make myself go go towards the fear of it. Oh, uh, yo! I asked my brother this question too. Like, um. Who's the bravest person you know? And he's like, yo, myself. And I'm like, why? Because it's like, yo, I'm, I like being afraid. I like pushing myself to be afraid. And he's like, well, what do you do when you are too afraid? He's like, I just, I just do it anyway because I like the, I like the adrenaline that I feel. Um, and you know, I think that that's that's beautiful. You know, being being a person that um, it's always afraid of of things that aren't certain or or you don't understand or um you don't know how it works like you should be afraid and allow that f- fear to guide you to where you need to be too many people out here afraid of as you said in the beginning too afraid of trying what's the worst that can happen when you try failure and we always learn from it like a kid rides a bike they don't learn how to ride the bike without the tricycles the first time they fall and fall bust their ass maybe they hit the head but if they're if they have good character and they push themselves and are persistent they will always get up and ride there's this quote that i love and it says winners never stop failing winners never stop failing winners never stop failing why? Because that. he always allows himself to be afraid. Always. So yeah, that, that, I guess that's my question to you. What makes you afraid? That's a that's a good question. I think what makes me afraid is not being able being powerless right losing an ability you know 
I think being completely and utterly powerless to change my circumstances scares the shit out of me. Okay. I just, I can't imagine that feeling helpless is something that I'm definitely, you know, afraid of. Like I, you know, one of my biggest fears is, you know, becoming you know, like a quadriplegic or something like that would just be utterly devastating to me. Losing, Yo, don't even get me started with that. <laughs> losing, losing all the, the strength that I've cultivated over years of being in the gym and grinding, playing football and having someone have to take care, losing my independence. That's f- fucking terrifying to me. Like yeah. falling flat on my face, public speaking, none of those things. And snakes, fuck snakes. <laughs> that I don't like snakes. <laughs> I don't like snakes. But uh, those are, those are the things that uh, they 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 scare me, you know. But there, yeah. there's that's not something that I spend a lot of time thinking about because I, I definitely right. do think that you attract. What you're afraid of. You, you, you track what you're afraid yeah. of, or you, 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 I don't want to have a self fulfilling prophecy, right? So it's something that I tend to just put out of my mind. I don't want to think about right. that. Um, you know, right. loss of health too is terrifying. I mean, for right. example, I tweaked my back. I was deadlifting in college and I, I threw my back out somehow and I had to take a, uh, I took a cortisone shot and I still was just, I was fucked up and Dang. I couldn't tie my shoes and my girlfriend at the time had to tie my shoes and I like hobbled over and I put my fist through a window. I just couldn't, you know, I, was, I had like tears in my eyes, dude, I was bleeding. I was so fucking devastated. And the first Dang. thing that popped into my head was, am I going to be like this forever? Like Fired. that, that was it. I was like, did I, did I, and I, I, I and I, I wasn't, I was able to figure it right. out. And there were a lot of things, a lot of muscle imbalances in my lower back that I had to figure out. Right. And, and I did, but it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, very, I'll never forget that, that feeling of helplessness. Like, oh, it was fucking awful, man. I never want to feel that again. Oh. Yeah. I, I went through a similar, like, like not, I didn't get hit or, you know, break my back, but I got hit by a truck on my knee. On my left knee and for, yeah, for like, I think it was like almost two months. I I couldn't walk. And that's actually how I felt too. I, 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 like my girl could tell you the same thing. She was like, like, I I told her like, yo, what if I don't, I can't walk anymore. Like, what if I can't walk on my left leg anymore? So that is a big fear also of mine of just not being able to maintain myself. Like I'm a person that's very independent. I like taking care of myself, doing things my way. Yeah. So if I can't do that for myself, oh, I don't know how I'll do. So okay, I got a crazy story for you. In college, I put on a, well, not just me, Chris Roth, Josh Roth. Uh, they put on uh, this this contest called uh, the Saint Saint Patty's Saint Patty's Day Strongest Laddie, and it was a strongman competition. Oh, wow. and I watched this guy. I should get him on the podcast. His name is Oh, shit. <laughs> he owns West Coast strength alex alex something can't think of his last name forgive me i watched him i think it was like a thousand pound tire i watched him tear both of his biceps tore them both and um he had like you know a few tears in his eyes and then he's like dude i'm like you all right man he's like no i'm fucking not dude six six 
maybe no maybe like six six seven three hundred pounds just Get fucking fuck huge man dude huge he's like i didn't think that my strength something that i'd spent my life call i'm a professional strong man maybe amateur i don't know he's like it's gone like i can't use my arm i gotta they gotta, i gotta have surgery on them both dude uh he's since recovered and he's he's a he's a fucking monster honestly i need to have him on the show too um Alex Whitaker, thank John. Thank you, Alex Whitaker. Shout out to Alex Whitaker, Western Oregon. Alum. <laughs> Yo, Let's shout go. out Alex, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he. I, I mean, I, I've seen that happen. It can any. That's that's a crazy anything that you have. Like I don't. I'm not a hundred percent certain that anything in life is, is certain. I think it's all. Even if you're a billionaire, they can take that away from you. They yeah. can, t- you can, you know, life can snatch your strength. It can snatch your health. It can snatch you. You got to be really appreciative for what you have right now. Mm-hmm. I think about Nothing's this. Ever promised. Mm-hmm. If, it doesn't, it really doesn't even matter how much money you have to insulate yourself either. Like I look at these Russian oligarchs, granted I get the sanctions mm. and stuff, but if right, I was a yeah. fucking billionaire and all these, all the Western governments around, I mean, let's say they'd work, let's just assume that they've worked hard to get where they are. Right. All of a sudden, all of your assets and shit are being froze by multiple governments. Like, d- is really anything for certain? Like, I'm, I'm, sometimes I think, you know, nothing is uncertain. I don't, I don't even know if we're even all free. I feel like, you find mm. I'm on I'm on a tangent right now. I'm gonna keep going though. I feel like no go. I feel like you find out how little freedom you have until a, like a large group of people disagree with you. And right. now I'm not saying you know I'm I'm not what Russia's doing is terrible. But I'm just saying if I was a billionaire from that country, I didn't choose to be born Russian. I didn't choose like if you know I didn't choose any of that shit. But I'm a billionaire somehow. I own Chelsea, and they're I got to sell the team now that I bought, and they're they're taking my shit. You know, maybe maybe now you have a, only a few million dollars left, or like a hundred thousand, because yeah. you can't have access to your funds. I just don't know how much of it's even certain, man. I really don't. <laughs> I really like, don't. Um, what with with I don't know if you saw what happened in the Oscars with Will Smith smacking. Oh, you know, yeah, dude, yeah. You know, like yo, they, if they wanted, if the Oscars really wanted to, obviously, you know, Will Smith won. But if the Oscars really wanted to, they could have said, "Nope, yeah, we're not giving now. you this." Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like going back to what you said. Nothing's ever certain, and sometimes it's just luck that we have the things that we have. I think so. Where are you on that? Who do you think was in the right and who do you think was in the wrong? Hot take. I feel like this is a man who's tired of people judging his family and feeling like they have the power or the permission to always pick at them and make fun of him. Um, And like anybody, he has a certain amount of things that could be taken before mm-hmm. you explode. Mm-hmm. And that was just at a, the ticking point. You know, like it was just him in the moment of passion, of fury, and of all the emotions that he was probably feeling, decided to get up and smack the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Rock. Know, like, 
Yo, and it's so crazy because I, I feel like at first when, you know, my, my, my girl, she actually was the one that informed me about it. When she told me about it, I'm like, they're doing it because the Oscars is losing viewers. They mm-hmm. need more more people to view this shit. They know that people aren't watching it no more. Um, but then when I really watched it and I saw his whole reaction, I was like, that wasn't staged. Nah, this is real life ordeal. Yeah. That, I think, I, think I mean, in a, in a sense, it's like Will Smith is in the right for protecting his family. Uh, my, you know, my girl, she was saying how maybe, maybe Jada, J, you know, Jada has cancer. That's why she shaved her head. And later on, we're going to find out that she does have cancer. Um, but at the same time, like, this is a professional setting. That wasn't so professional. Um, he should have, you know, waited until after the show and spoke to him like a man outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give it to Chris Rock to, like... Dude, I think he, I get yes. <laughs> he composed himself beautifully. Oh my god! Talking about yo, this is this this is one for the books. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it ha- yo, he, he, at least at least he said something rather than other people probably would have probably reacted in a worse way. Either yeah, I would hit him back. Into, yeah, I would gotten into back. it with him <laughs> yeah. or walked off stage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. he. He was a true gentleman, um, and he behaved the right way. Yeah, he he he's a consummate professional. Like kudos to him. Honestly, mm-hmm. this is a viral thing right now. The whole world's talking about it, right? They're Hell talking yeah. about Will Smith. They're talking about Chris Rock. Twitter was fucking nuts. I gotta Yo, say, we'd be this. sixteen, we would still be talking about this. Oh, one hundred percent. I gotta say, <laughs> I think that uh, whether you like the joke or not, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Okay, I I thought it was funny. Will, he was Will, laughing Will, at it. Will Smith thought it was funny too. Then there's a camera angle on him laughing as well. And he looked at his wife, and his wife's like, "This shit ain't funny." He's like, "I right, boo, I got you." Right. So, so I gotta say, I uh, I'm 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 team. I, I and one of the things that I notice too is you notice how he diffused the situation, right? So Will's mm-hmm. like, "Don't you leave your my wife's name out your fucking mouth," and he's like, "I'm going to." I'm going to. I'm going to. He brought his voice down. It was very calm. It was very non-threatening. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I offended you. You you assaulted me. You know? I, I mean, I don't know. If so, so we're all brothers here. It's like, you know, that shit happens. But um, <laughs> this is another funny <laughs> It does happen. <laughs> yeah, it does. It happens. Sometimes you, you t- sometimes you talk shit, you get hit. You say the thing yeah. to the wrong person, whatever. Right. But, he, you know, he, 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 he calmed everything down. And then mm-hmm. he's like, I ad- he addressed it. I got the shit slept out of me by Will Smith. And then he <laughs> went right back into his job. So right. consummate professional, shout out to him. Shout out to Will Smith for providing us with even more entertainment. And I, right. I think it's, I mean, black on black crime at the fucking Oscars, dog. What more could you ask? Wow. Him? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, man. he did say something about a documentary being handed out, but, you know, leave yeah. that for another day. Yeah, I, man, I have I never watched the I haven't watched the Oscars in years. Like that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they need something to bring it all back, bro. Mm-hmm. This I feel like in this in the scheme, the the you know the, the base big picture, it probably was set up. Oh no way, no way. 
I'm team. I'm team. I think it was not staged. I'm team. hundred percent was not staged, right? Oh man. I mean, I am curious. So like how much of that stuff is like, ends up being a lie. Like, I wonder if Chris Rock came out and said that was totally staged, but it really, you know, I might do something like that. Maybe to help now. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck it i wouldn't like, he'd be my enemy now he'd be my enemy so right right yeah, it's it's um wild time so but i don't know if you checked um sorry i don't know if you ahead. checked because i was looking at it chris rock's last post on instagram sorry it was something about ego uh i'm a, i'm a, i don't know if you mind but i'm gonna bring it up no, please do and it's just so crazy that he would post something about ego. It says Chris Rock ego death world tour. Yeah, yeah, that's his new comedy. That's a stand-up yeah. special. Ego death, you know, like the fact that he's making a stand-up comedy about ego death, and oh. he gets this shit slapped out of his face. Well, if that's that- not, a, if that's not like a lesson for him to learn from, I don't know what is. I don't know if he had an ego. He was doing his job, being a stand-up comedian. Oh, hell yeah. Shit. No, no, for sure. No, but I'm talking about... Will Smith? It was like a lesson for him. No, it was a lesson for Chris Rock because, you know, the ego would have probably made Chris Rock respond. Mm. Probably told more jokes about him. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he is going into this ego tour, uh, ego death tour. And maybe this is a lesson for him as a individual to let shit go. Yeah. Oh, he learned it right there in front of millions of people. (laughs) In front of everybody. Yeah. That would not be a good, I, man, I just do not, I would not have handled it that way at all. I think if someone, I do not like getting hit in the face. If you hit me in the face, it's, if you spit on me, or hit me in the face, someone's dying. Could be me, right. especially the spitting part. If if you hit in the if you hit me in the I've been hit in the face several times, and each time I just get so fucking mad. Like I I just it's just the worst. I, I would not have responded that way. I would have lost my shit. I guarantee yeah. you. I don't have that type of self control. It, it, at all. It, I- I feel the same. I feel like art, the people that think of artists, they think of artists as like really nonchalant and chill and like no, they're crazy. all love and shit. Uh, but I'm the opposite. Uh, probably, yeah, I probably get get arrested. But that's besides the point. I feel like just the fact that it happened on TV is just so incredible to me. You know. I love yeah. how we're talking about this now. Yeah, this, see, that's this, what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like free world type of uh, speech right here, man. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to get back to your point of the how people view artists. I do not. I view artists as tortured souls. I think they're tortured right. souls. I think that they're... I, I think the world should be ran by scientists and artists. I think artists have a certain... There's a certain... If you look at the universe or our our society in a um, as a as chaos, and there are certain population groups that bring order into it, I think artists they're in charge of making our surroundings beautiful. If you look at any crazy neighborhood or some sketch place that's cheap, like in New York, 
or like a myriad of places around the world. You have artists that move into these neighborhoods because it's cheap, and there's all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of them, and they start making things beautiful. Maybe there's like graffiti mm-hmm. art, and it's like all of a sudden someone decides to point, paint a mural, and then all of a sudden all these little coffee shops and artisan fucking restaurants start popping up, and there begins to be this culture. Yeah, it's still kind of sketchy, but it's getting better. There's like businesses and shit being in, and it's like all of a sudden you've got this dope little community and you've got shows and people dancing and all of a sudden some rich people move in or some someone like kind of moves in or has a friend that's an artist and they go visit him and like hey man this is a really great place and like i really like all the people that are here there's all different types of people and i'm gonna move in and then their rich friend comes and visit them and then they're like you know fuck it we're gonna move here too and then the prices right. start going up and then all of a sudden right. the fucking targets in there and all these fucking chain stores and it's all fucking ruined and the artists have to leave and then they go on to the next neighborhood and that cycle can continues over and over and over again and uh, i'm doing a terrible job of explaining it but like i feel like that's you know if you can find a spot where the artists have congregated and it's still cheap and there's still culture and all sorts of awesome little bakeries and whatnot you gotta you gotta find that spot you gotta live there and you got to just ride that wave until everyone right. finds out about it. it. It was in Nashville for a while. It was in, you know, it was in Portland for a long time and now it's blown up and it was in San Francisco and the tech guy, the, you know, the scientists and the techies moved in there and ruined it. And the, my question to you is where the fuck is that next spot at, bro? Antonio, tell me, I'm trying to go there. Damn. <laughs> to be honest, bro, I'm, I feel like I'm in the mecca of it right now. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, I'm living at is don't changing tell, don't so quickly. Don't so tell anybody. Quick. Oh hell tell no! Me. I, yeah, I don't. Tell me I try not tell to me. tell, but yeah, don't tell. It's don't tell. Don't. Getting, <laughs> it's already getting gentrified, yo. No, don't it, <laughs> Yeah, bro. It's event, already, bro. But that's that's because they know that this is gonna be the center of the art world for however long as you said it rises a wave until mm-hmm. it's it's gone. still water because it, it was you know? the village it was the it was a village in new york in like the 80s right like right, it, that's where it, right. that's where it was and now it's fucking expensive you know right Hell by washington it used to be kind of yeah. it used to be kind of sketch that's, that's why i wanted to go yep. there i've heard so many stories about these were all the struggling artists used to live in new york is like in the village this is where mm-hmm. it was and now they're everyone i talked to around there i was like yeah, you, you probably couldn't afford to live here. And I was like, well, how do you, like, how does a 20 year old, like, oh, they've inherited a fucking rent controlled lease and everyone hates them. They're trust yep. fund kids. And I was like, what? This is a thing? No. Like, yeah, fuck those people. Uh, Yo, Trump talked about it like, when was it? In the in the 80s, 90s, he talked mm-hmm. about how, like, you know, people were coming at him because. He was trying to have a rent controlled apartment, but every and everybody around his neighborhood had rent controlled apartments and they were rich. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's that's the biggest problem, I feel like, that rich people somehow find a loophole and always oh, stay always winning. The, you know, you, and so it's like here, now, now they sorry, continue. No, no, no. Here's the thing though. This is um <laughs> um 
So John just hit me. He's like, preach. Uh, we're, we're John, there will be no bummer cast. Okay, but uh, the rich, and shout out to them. They have left. <laughs> they have left an, uh, a guide on how to get to where they are, and they're in books. And listen, oh, motherfuckers, boy. you need to read them. Anyone that ever tells you we need to tax the rich, non-starter. They they don't know. You can't. You can't tax the rich. It's impossible. Loopholes. One hundred percent. It is cheaper for them to hire an accountant or maybe an, an attorney. Or we've had an attorney on here that talked about how they shut up set up shell companies. They don't own anything. Uh, Brian Bradley. Um, this is what he does. It's basically, the trust fund lawyers. They don't own anything. They control everything. Everything is ran through basically a corporation, right? You can have like a, you could. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna talk, talk about it because I don't know enough yet. But you're not gonna be able to tax these these people. The, the only people that you're gonna be mm-hmm. taxed are you that has one revenue stream and a job that they can track, right? Like you're fucked. And I don't know, man. We're 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 I won't go down this road. I would much. I can't beat them. I want to join them, and I think we should all try right, and join exactly. them. I mean, exactly. art is a way of 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 essentially laundering or hiding money, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could hire you to paint a piece, and then for like a five hundred dollars, thirty thousand, five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, maybe and or then buy that. I that yeah, then donate it and then a value a va- valuation uh, given a valuation of the piece of, of worth like two million dollars right mm-hmm. and then write that off on my taxes. I've totally skipped about seventeen yeah. steps there, but but the, the yeah. art world is a way to hide fucking money one hundred percent. Cryptocurrency yeah, is a way to hide money, and uh, mm-hmm. we should all figure out how to do it because I think it is as my duty my duty as an American citizen to pay as little uh, in taxes as I possibly can. Screw yep. the government. They're the most inefficient. Oh, man, I'm on one right now. Most inefficient no, use of it. resources ever. They right. they do not do. I'll do much better things with my money than they ever would. Like everything mm-hmm. the government touches turns to shit and I will not be swayed any other way. I've said it. I've said my piece and I feel yep. I feel good about that. Well, listen, dude. You know, there's this. I'm sorry. There's this. Okay. There's this. Uh, I can't remember what state it is, but in. Um, I know it's a southern state. If they if you get stopped by traffic police, you know, and they find anywhere up to hundreds of thousands of dollars on your person without they steal it. You know, they t- steal it from that's, you. That's the that's the entire United States, my friend. That's the entire United States. You have to prove you have to prove that you that you got the money. Um, uh, by I don't if know. Anything, it was, it's it's a if civil anything, asset. They say that it's from drugs, and they know yeah. that, and they know that you know the bills have traces of cocaine mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. so they can put a dog, a, a you know a a cocaine sniffing dog, and find cocaine in your bills, and they say, oh, you got it because you were selling it. Yep, selling it's drugs. This, it's this, it's called the civil asset forfeiture, and you have to prove that you got that by being gangfully employed. Um, and then you have to, you have to, 
You have to go to the court, spend money on a lawyer to get that money back. Yep. You're fucked. They've stolen from you. This happens all yep. the time. Um, it happens. It's it's happened to people that I know for sure. So yes, and then you know, not even that. Oh man, god damn it! Now I'm on one. Um, <clears throat> the Canadian government, because people were uh, protesting COVID, they fucking froze their bank accounts, dude. Straight up f- froze their assets, and some of the people haven't gotten their money back. That's insane. It's whether you agree with them or not, like the fact that that happened is fucking insane. And just and let's say you're on the opposite side of it and like, well, good, they shouldn't have been. They'll fucking do that to you once they don't agree with what you're saying, man. It's crazy, dude. We have to stop. Yeah, oh, man. yeah we as people, we really That's need why to some like people are saying that it's like becoming a more communist country. Dude, it's we're, we're slowly be, we're, we're we've got we've got problems. They've got a lot more problems uh, up north. We have our problems down here, but like I just it blows my mind how some people it, it becomes like everyone's so married to their ideologies and they don't realize like we all whether you agree with me and we all have more in common than like the people that are governing us. There are people that now track. Nancy Pelosi has a net worth of like $200 million. There's there's a fucking on wall street bets. There are people that just do the same fucking trades that she does. Cause she'd never, mm-hmm. cause she's signing things into law, but no one gives a fuck. Like I don't, don't understand it. It blows my mind. And I have done this too. Also, you can buy prison stocks. Uh, this is a re- reoccurring thing. You yep. can buy, and at the, on the uh, Rick Spine podcast, we have a fund and we do purchase, prison stocks uh and and then we donate the dividends to um okay that's a lie for now but that's actually going to be a thing we're talking to talking to the brian guy actually and we're gonna do that we're gonna it's 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 gonna be exciting so but anyways man i i want to be respectful of your time dude i've had i've had a lot of fun and thank, thank you. you so much for but where can the good people go to find you how can they buy your art give them your socials um, everything so my Instagram, that's literally all I have for now. Um, Instagram at Antonio Garcia two seven four, um, and I'll definitely be having my website up soon. Um, and yeah, you could check it out at that Instagram. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, give it, give it, to, give it to the good people one more time. Antonio Garcia two seven four. All right, man. Thank you so much. Uh, If you enjoyed this glorious Rick's Mind, please subscribe to the YouTube right down there. Uh, If you don't, I will kill DeMarco. And uh, give us five star. It helps the show grow. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.